You're in the doghouse. And you're listening to Two Men on the Run. And this week we're going to be discussing Matthew's horrendous failure in the uh, the race there, the Mid Cheshire 5K. He um, he flat and fell at the first hurdle, and I'm going to take great delight in discussing this <laughs> this morning. <laughs> so Matthew. How do you feel about your asthma attack? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was a, a return to racing for, for both of us, really, uh, last Friday. Um, and uh, the Mid-Cheshire 5K, so it's known for being a quick quick course. Um, it's, a, it's a downhill start. Um, it was a good field gathered together. And, uh, yeah, obviously, there were still COVID restrictions, and, and it was starting in waves. I think you were... You were wave four, weren't you? Yeah, um, yeah I, was, wave four. I was out in wave one. Yeah, um, and uh, boy, did it start quick. Um, we mm. were through the first half mile, um, sub sub four minute mile pace through the first half mile, um, and I think the first mile or so uh, down at that sort of thirteen thirty, you know, everyone had eased back a little bit, but thirteen thirty five k pace, um, so just twenty seconds behind the pace that uh, Mark Scott did. Um, Probably about a month ago now. What a, a, what an amazing time. 13.52. What kind of work goes in? I know we're all different, but can you imagine? Do you know what that guy is training like? Well, Any yeah, ideas? so, so 13.52 is the, the, the winner. Uh, yeah. Adam, Adam Craig. Um, what goes into that kind of time? Well, it's consistency on, on obviously, mileage and training. Um, you know, speed work in there. Um, it was sort of, like I say... Across the board, um, everyone slowed down. Um, the, the time they were going through the first mile in was, was well on for sort of 13.30 sort of pace. Um, mm. Obviously, there was a downhill first mile. Um, you then got a bit of uphill and then again, finishes downhill. Um, and what I've, what I've heard, um, the wind was in everyone's faces as they, they finished. Um, that I don't know if it was stretch. in... No, I don't know um, if it was in everyone's faces. I think no. it... it, it because it, was, I, it wasn't in mine because I'd, I'd collapsed on the floor oh, about uh, a K and a half before. But, poor fella, um, poor fella. <laughs> I was speaking to Tom Rogerson. I don't think the wind was in his face, and but he was he was ahead of me, you know. Um, so I'm not sure about that. That's an interesting one because I did feel the wind on that final flurry, and it was quite a strong gust. It took the wind out of one's sails, but I'm not sure the the first couple of waves, um, if they'd have maintained, um, the, you know, the the, the speed. They would have felt that. I'm not sure. So if we if we imagine that some of the guys lost time, even the guy who won it lost time. I mean, maybe he'll look at that and think how he may have done better, and and that would be regard to perhaps not setting off as quick and maintaining a steady pace. Yeah, I, that, I, I yeah way? I think that the whole field set off uh, too quick. Um, there was, there was three guys went straight off ahead, so that was uh, Adam, uh, Omar, uh, and Mohammed. Um, all three of them went off. I, I tried to sit in behind and thought, no, this is, is, is a silly pace, and tried to drop back a little bit to the next group. Mm. Um, but even that group, we that, when, was, when who, say, that was who I went through the first mile in. When you say drop still, drop back, do you mean drop out? No, drop back, drop back. <laughs> slow, <laughs> slow down a little bit and let and 
getting back into the other group rather than running out on my own between the two groups. Was it too um, late? Too late? You'd already. You'd I'd already, already done a bit of damage to myself, and I could feel my asthma starting to kick in. But then the asthma was kicking in, um, warming up. So you'd over I, it. I knew it was. Uh, it was either gonna. Mm. I was gonna get through it. Um, I took my inhaler just before I went to the start line, just ho- hoping that that would be enough, um, or it was going to be a bad day at the office um, and, sh- and that's how it occurred. You said to me you've always wanted to die running. Is that, <laughs> is that well you didn't quite say that. What did you say? That was just, um, that was hotter, wasn't it? No, I think that's, that's the way. If, if You'd I was, like I'm, to I'm die. Going out, I'm going out, I'd like to go out running. That'd, that'd if be if you're go. going, have <laughs> <laughs> you told your fiance? No. Yeah, I think that's, that's, uh, but, but, that's the way to go, isn't it? You know what I mean? I don't know if it's the way to go. I think that's a bit stupid really. Come on. <laughs> I think you, perhaps in hindsight, you should learn some lessons from this. And the lesson I'd be thinking of is, if your asthma was as bad as it was, and it, it caused the effect that it caused, then there was no need to even put yourself in that position. Um, of course, you weren't going to know that, but you, you had a, an, a, an inkling. You must have had a good feeling that you weren't, you know, you breathing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been bad the last couple of weeks, to be fair. Mm. Um, but well, I mean, you, you've also maybe in the past you've got through that, have you? You've still raced well under that kind of. No, not no. really. No, I think any time you ask for flares up, it, it does tend to take me. To be fair, but um, but I've done I've I'd done a great session. So what um, were you thinking then? Well, I, I, madness. Well, it was the first race we've had no races, you know, since mm. March. It was the first race I got a chance to do. I knew other than my asthma, I knew I was in great shape. Mm. I'd done. Um, 20 by 400 meters only a, a week and a half before the race and and had flown around done it the best i'd ever done it knocked them all out in 68s which is 14 10 pace um, and my final five knocked them down to 65 seconds and finished with a 61 um and that was with the minute recoveries between so i knew people, i was in some great shape people are going to say um, this guy talks a great race out, well, out, yeah. outside of racing well yeah maybe but you know, some of my times stand for themselves. Well, I'm hoping. 65 half marathon, which yeah. has nicely good. got me invited to the Antrim um, Coastal Half um, on the 12th of September, where I've just found out I'll be racing Mo Farah, so that'll be. Uh, well, you won't be. I ra- won't be racing, racing Mo Farah. No, I'll be. I'll be. You know, probably five, six minutes behind him. <laughs> um, he won't be worried about you, will he? No, not. A t- I don't think he'll be worried about anyone in the field. To be fair, no. Look, unless there's some names that haven't been announced yet, uh, still. But uh, and, he's, uh, he's, his PB is, he's, is, is he, well ahead of um, anyone he, in there. Ben Connor is a fantastic runner, but he's the next fastest at right, sixty-one, okay, okay. which is still two minutes behind. But we we, we, best. we we uh, will we'll be interesting to see. I'm hoping uh, in the future, sir, you're going to achieve um, some fantastic times and results, and I'm sure you will. Um, I heard your mother mention steroid type inhalers, um, and you you you've not as of yet wished to use any of those, and you you've not got a prescription. You've not asked the doctor for for those because it would mean filling in reams of paperwork in in terms of your competitive well, in the, terms of your. I think app. the um, I think the steroid inhaler itself is on, is on the ban list, so that mm. I don't think you can even get a choose for that. Um, oh, what sorry? I choose. I choose. It's. Um, choose. I can't remember what it stands for now, but it's it's a mm. um, basically like an exemplary form from from your medical team, your doctors and stuff like that that sort of says you know you need this medication mm. for whatever purpose. So you um, can't. You're not allowed. Um, full stop. 
Just I'm fairly certain you can't have the steroid one. There's, there's, okay. there's, there's several different types of inhaler. Um, mm. You can have the Ventolin inhaler, which is the standard reliever inhaler, the, the blue I've seen the bit, I've, I've, yeah. Um But you I've, can only have so much of that. So if you have it over a certain amount, mm. that, that still counts as being... Um, and for you to use Ventolin, which you don't currently use... Yeah, that's what I've got. Oh, you're sorry, you do, yeah. Got, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. So if you have a really good race, people could say he's had an extra puff of Ventolin. Possibly. Um, but you'd be tested for that. And, and if they were doing tests, they didn't test, they didn't test. And if you've had over yeah. a certain amount, then it, it is considered to be, um, you know, you, you can be banned for that if it's over a certain amount in the in, in the body. Mm. Um, it's yeah, you're only allowed so, uh, so much of a, a measurement of it and things like that if you're racing. Um, which obviously, yeah. my mum's big concern is obviously asthma kills. So she's like, you know, you need to. It does kill, does get, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. People die young of asthma. People, yeah. Young people. Oh, at any age, yeah. Right, and, and it kills in, in a sense, like for you, you're such a fit guy, how on earth would it kill you? It would, you'd have to be, it would only happen um, with um, serious competition. <clears throat> it wouldn't happen just you walking down the street, would it? Oh yeah, yeah it, could it could do, be. yeah. I mean like, um, right. I get affected really really bad at night sometimes. Um, I was quite panicking uh, probably what, maybe two weeks ago where um, I'd run out of my pencil inhaler, I didn't have any left, um, and it was about midnight, um, uh-huh. and a couple of years ago I had the same case, and I, I ended up actually in an ambulance on my way to hospital. Right, um, okay, okay. Because I didn't have anything, and um, so no medication to try and relieve the breathing, and the whatever, mine's caused uh, by um, allergies, the uh, pollen um, is, is what triggers my asthma, it's not sport induced, it's, it's allergy induced. Um, and so this time of year is usually when it when it kicks kicks off the most. Uh, I think it's oh. like weed pollens and stuff like that. that, that, that I wonder. I wonder how that. Uh, would you call it an illness or a disease? What is it? I suppose it's a, a disease, isn't it? Really, I, I don't know. It's, I don't it's, know. It's, um, how did that evolve? You know, through time. Did you know when you um, go, I've had that since I was born. No, I mean in humanity, oh, in right. people. Did, did it did it spring forth in the sixties or did was it? Has it been here for hundreds of years? Or I think it's become more common um, with air pollution and things okay, like that. That's interesting. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, mm. I'm not an expert on the on it to be fair. But um, you know, yeah, I, th- I think it has become more common with air pollution and things like that taking. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, and and you know, as we discussed with with, with Charlie the other week, um, you know, the rise of the obesity and things like that as well all put pressure and factor onto. Uh, you know the overall strength of the lungs and the and the. Well, you don't have that issue, do you? You don't have this, that issue. No, but I, I can go from running. You know, at last last summer when it when it hit me, I was running some great times over five k on the track and things like that. Uh, you know, northern champs and stuff, and then, you know, within a month time, um, the pollen had come out that triggers that affects me, and I was walking up the stairs as if I was a seventy a day smoker. Oh, okay. Um, so what months does it affect you? Is it just three or four months a year? Yeah, it tends to be sort of usually it's around sort of the end of July, August till just around the start of September. So I'm July, hoping, I'm August. hoping it's going away soon. What if you were to have those three months off every year? Well, if I had those three months off, I'd miss all the championships. Mm. <laughs> it's always the pain point is that they're usually championship season, ah. uh, which has always been my frustration with my asthma is that could all you, year round I never could, had any problems. Could you it. enter the Paralympics having a condition? No, like not, with, not with asthma. Not with asthma, no. Not with that. Mm, interesting. Mm. Feel sorry for you, sir. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you know, if I was, if I could be um, get off my backside and fill in the paperwork, I'm sure I could manage it and treat it better than than I currently do. To be fair, 
um, what, you know, to, um, to, to, to apply for the, the tubes and stuff like that to uh, you know to make sure that if I was tested at any point and things like that I have the medical documentation to say it's okay for me to have oh, that wow. inhaler and whichever because the, the, all the reliever inhaler is the ventilator inhaler is just to relieve mm. the, the pressure and, the, and obviously that feeling so you take it when you need it but you can take obviously the steroid inhaler is, is one but there's a couple other options as well um, that are, uh, work to sort of help treat the asthma rather than uh, relieve the symptoms mm. uh, which is what the ventilator inhaler is and that's you know well, you do have the Ventolin, though. I have the Ventolin, but that's just a reliever. Mm. So it's just to relieve the symptoms, but mm. there's ones that help sort of, you know, the actual... Um, okay, finally, what what is what is it, though? It's high poly... What, ha- what happens? You know, it, go, it gets... Into- so it's, it's basically, for me, it's 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 um, a tightness um, across my chest, across my lungs, and my breathing. But what's happening, though? Um, what's actually happening, you know? Um, it's the irritation of the lining. Um, the po- the, this the, is the pollen. So the pollen, yeah, and uh, getting it's, into it's the uh, the ursacs yeah. in the lungs. lungs yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, and just yeah, tighten, restricting, constricting, mm. um, all, so it makes it harder. And it's just like someone for me. It's like someone sat on my chest while I'm trying to obviously when I'm trying to run. Are you breathe um, breathe through your nose? That doesn't help. Not really, because usually the pollen's block the nose up because it's mm. you know, that hay fever sort of style, mm. and you, you, you're congested in the nose and things like that. So. Um, so. If you could have a filter over your mouth, possibly. But then you've got the <laughs> you've got to think of the. I know. I know we're in the we're in the masks at the moment, and yeah, in, in yeah, this yeah. COVID thing is is I really struggle doing that, um, oh. and I'm actually exempt from because I'm an asthma exempt from having oh, to wear a mask okay, yeah. if I chose to. But I, I do it wear just, one because I work in the shop and stuff. I feel you know if I go into another shop, you know I, you know I understand you know the thing yeah. of wearing one, and I'll put it on for while I'm in there. Um, Things like that, but yeah, people with asthma are exempt uh, because it's a respiratory condition, um, and and that does it doesn't actually help. Your you you're wearing a mask. You're you're still it doesn't help. No, it doesn't help. No, no. Right, okay. Shall we move on from asthma to something else? Well, let's let's. Oh well, personally, uh, yeah, personally, your race a little bit. You know. Yeah, I was I was uh, disappointed. Fifteen was it? Fifteen fifty six. Uh, the reason I was disappointed. Um, I wanted to beat my own PB, which is it's only fifteen forty-seven, but I felt much stronger, you know, than, than the time that I that, that that I ran. And again, it was for me. It was diet. I've got this so so many times I've got it wrong, and um, have it. You know, I've got such a, a huge appetite. Um, really emphasize. I mean, that must be high metabolism. So I'm I'm able to um, take on board foods and turn it into energy at a much faster rate than most people is that right yeah, yeah. Um, and I do enjoy eating vast amounts and thanks to Charlie Spedding I'm going to now go back to cooking in lard because <laughs> he's saying in his book which is stop feeding us lies that um, we've been fed many lies from the media from the NHS as well with this idea of um, high carbs um, low fats, low fat fats. He's saying fats are really important. Of course, he's not talking about the average. Uh, if you call them athletes, if I call myself an athlete, I'm, I'm going to look again, again in the mirror. But um, uh, sporty people, let's say, um, y- you know, you can consume absolutely everything. But my issue is always again on race day, um, overthinking it. I overthink the fact that the race was seven o'clock in the evening. I had a chicken sort of salad, um, 
at lunchtime with potatoes, homemade rice pudding. I'd given myself lots of extra time to digest, but I wasn't around. I was around the house that day. I was playing the guitar, but wasn't really um, moving much. I think that aids digestion, moving. Yeah. We're going to have a dietitian on the show very soon. Um, looking forward to having her on the show. Um, although she's not used to public speaking, she tells me, but she's going to be on the show and we're going to pick her brains. Um, but um, yeah, moving around the house is important. So all, the, all these very small, minute things um, are really important uh, and every individual is so different. And the fact that I'm able to sort of eat like a horse, um, it's also, it, it could be a good thing, really, you, you, you know, you, if you're eating the right types of foods. But race day, I think 5K is never going to be, for me, that particular race is always going to be difficult because I see that as a short burst. Three miles is a short burst. Um, you don't get any second chances within that three miles. You've got to be, if you get any stitches... I ended up with cramps around the stomach, sort of, after about, when we started going up the hill. Um, not making excuses, but trying to learn. I think that's, you're always trying to learn, where did I go wrong? And um, this time, I think it was just too much, far too much food uh, at a certain time of the day, uh, overthinking it again. Um, but, you know, I'm going to try and, try and learn from that, emphasise that point, because... Uh, not beat myself up too much. I think um, the coach, Tony Clark, is very right on the day. You become very emotional. So after a race, if you've got it wrong, and yeah, you do find runners are never happy, very, very rare that they're happy with a the performance. They always want more. It doesn't matter where they stand with it in the context of a particular race. They're always going to say, oh, I could have done this, I could have done that. But to analyse it immediately after a performance, it's not the right time to step away, especially if you're feeling negative. So to step away, you're in the emotional state. You've got to wait, give time to bring the mind to the intellectual state where you can perhaps make a more sort of honest um, assessment of your performance. So I, I didn't do that. I was quite emotional because people come along when they ask you, you know, I think they're more interested in when someone someone's not happy about something. It's just human nature. But um, to step away um, is the right thing to do. And then to say, well, let's. how do we get this right next time? And um, for me, sadly, I've got that wrong too many times. Um, my dietary needs um, and race day have always been an issue. But um, I'm going to get that right very soon. I'm hoping. Yeah, and I mean, what did you think? Because both of us went into quite a, uh, I suppose, a, a, a steep uh, taper for the race as well. And I think one of the things I've looked back on mm. and reflected on for, for myself, um, looking at previous performances from, from when I've run my PBs from 5k distance all the way up to my half marathon distance, yeah. um, is I've never really tapered down. And I found myself actually having tapered yeah. um, to feel really sort of, lethargic and, and drained from just the taper I think I'd, I'd have been I feel like I'd have been better off having just gone out and run some more miles but just at a really easy slow comfortable pace so it didn't take anything away but actually you know kept my mind going a little bit and, and kept my legs moving a little bit more that week in the lead up to the race 
than, than the, the big taper that I actually took for it. Mm. Well, I think it's really important on, on what you're saying now is not to confuse um, two different, because I think we can do that. So there's the reason as to why you didn't perform. Now for you, I think it's your asthma quite clearly. If you hadn't have tapered, if you had have been very uh, much running up until the day before, your asthma was still going to be a, a, a huge uh, thing on that particular day because of the pollen levels. So it's very easy to, 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 to well, I, I'm, I'm saying confuse it. You may disagree and you have a right to disagree. But for me, my diet on that day, it, it was, I gave myself plenty of time to digest. I'd, I'd made it assertive efforts to do so but it was so heavy stod it was so much and i didn't you know i didn't around the house very sedentary day um and then the warm-up itself i think could have been a bit faster but ultimately for me i've got to i've got to highlight the main concern on the day and for me i'm convinced it was too much food um and not not having digested that food to give me that freedom within my own body to, to run sort of fluid movements. Um, for you, I think it's your asthma um, on that particular day, just because of the high pollen levels. So then to, to when you're analyzing it in the, the cool light of day, to bring in other factors and, and say, well, I should have done that. It, it's, it's easy to do that. I think it's dangerous as well, because I think you've got to be very honest and say, well, today, actually, this is the main reason um, yeah, there are other factors always, but I think we've got to look at this particular thing and get that. Oh yeah, I, I agree. I think um, you know definitely that the, the reason for my um, poor race and obviously the reason for, for my collapse at, at about three point two k or so was was my asthma. Um, but I, I just I just sort of as you say you know reflecting on it, I do wonder having the, all my previous best times and stuff have always been run on sort of a, a taper week which was more mileage but just easy miles uh, rather than what sort of taper week I went I tried to, to, to put in this time round which was very much low mileage very much there was a lot more as you say sort of sitting around but it was the whole week was just sort of sat around and doing nothing and and I think maybe I'd have been better off if I just kept in you know maybe 10 mile runs per day um, but just really easy comfortable miles instead of sort of dropping it to the sort of five miles or so that I, that I did and I think that would have just kept my legs moving a little more maybe I mean you know as we always say it's, it's, it's a lot easier to, to to say things in hindsight and stuff like that and, but you don't know what it would have changed on, on the day itself but um, yeah I think going into 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 my half marathon next week um, I think I put my plan is to keep the miles up there a little bit more but just relax the pace of everything and make sure the legs are recovering because of that um, but they're still sort of getting turned over and, and, and moving and things like the whole week um, I think is my, is my plan mm. yeah you're a hard man to convince uh, Matthew um, he has a, he's very strong headed he's got his own ideas um, I, I don't know how to convince you really but yeah I mean, you, you, you don't know do you really I mean when you look back on that race if you had, have, had not have tapered um, would you have run any better with the, with the, the, the asthma factor? Maybe, maybe you would have stayed in the game a bit longer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think you, you've got to answer that question honestly. Um, and maybe it's, it's a question that can't be answered because 
We just don't know, do we? But, know, but um, you've no. ov you've obviously concluded though that you weren't happy. You didn't feel right on the day because you you'd lowered you everything had been tapered. But was that not the asthma? You see, or, you know, that was that. You know, we don't. We don't know. I, I no. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, obviously on the day, I, I don't think it would have mattered too much from the performance standpoint. I think the asthma would have kicked in, and, and that would have. I still probably would have been in the same. Um, instance that I was but um, I think my build up to the race would have felt more productive maybe um, I think I'd have gone in there maybe a little bit more mentally positive into the race into it knowing that you know I'd had one good hard session that week I'd got some miles in things like that and mm. um, the legs you know had felt sort of stretched out and things rather than how they felt when I came to the race which was you know quite stiff and, as, and seized up and as if they hadn't really done done a lot that week which, which they hadn't um, I want to give a um, big shout out to Tom, Mr. Tom Chadwick for breaking the uh, local team, St. Helens Striders, five kilometer record. Well done, sir. I uh, congratulate him on the day and, and over the airwaves. Well done. Well done, sir. Because uh, that was your, your uh, club record from, from uh, well, it's two years ago now since you, since you set it. A couple of years ago, yeah. is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm made up for the guy. I'm made up for the guy. Um, it's always nice to do that. I, re I recall that feeling. Um, and um, yeah, well done and good luck. And, and hope that you move forward uh, with even more speed, as I'm sure you will do. Yeah. And that was a, and it equaled, he equaled your PB as well on that day. Um, he did indeed. He did indeed. He did indeed. Um, and well, yeah, again, congratulations. Um, and um, also, what we, we keep forgetting, we've got people listening to this show in America, in Washington, in, um, God, where, where are these other places? Um, and a number of places. And I just want to um, thank the listeners because... It's nice to know that we are being listened to somewhere. <laughs> um, and we did intend to, to make that shout out to you people in uh, America. And uh, we're reading, well, I'm reading the books. Matthew's already read them all. And a lot of these, these guys from America, um, The Running Boom with Bill Rogers, I just finished The Marathon Man. What a beautiful book. I'd love to write a letter to Mr. Rogers um, and I should do. Um, I don't know if you can find his address for me, Matthew. I don't know if he'd get the letter or if he'd respond, but I should make the effort just to thank him and just to say, really, that I thoroughly enjoyed the way the book was written. Um, it, the language flowed. I really empathised with him. Um, he was against the Vietnam War, conscientious objector. He was shunned by his own people at times, and then he was absolutely lifted up on this pedestal as he won the Boston Marathon four times, I think, and the New York Marathon. He had so much poor luck in the Olympics and then the politics, those bastard politicians, and they're everywhere. Trust me, they're everywhere. They, um, uh, they, they decided to um, uh, pull out of the Moscow Olympics in 1980, which was his final chance. Um, and he, I think he did. You just don't know. I think he'd have got the gold medal. I really do because he was so pumped up after the previous. Because 
it's interesting. Like we, we had a bad race, myself and Matthew, the other day. To some extent, Matthew more than myself. But um, in the books, when you're reading about the very best, my God, it's interesting to see how many poor performances they have and the setbacks. But they come back, they bounce back. And we're going to discuss now, I think, more that that bit between one's teeth. So when you've fallen, when you've been knocked down on the canvas and you're getting yourself, that's a dangerous dog. That's a dangerous dog. The guy who's beaten but not quite beaten. Um, and for me, um, every time I get knocked down, in this game at least, um, I feel like I've got to get back up and get training harder than ever. Um, that can be a mistake. You don't want to overtrain, but to get back up and, and really push on and, and make that those efforts um, tell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, last year, uh, last summer, it was highlighted to me uh, probably the, the most prominently, really, um, was obviously I, I ran the, the Tour of Merseyside um, and, and won that. I was on a complete high, absolutely buzzing um, from that event. It was it was a fantastic event and surrounded by so many other people that just loved getting out and, and, and running. Um, I criticised that event. When I was running with Matthew, I had a go at him, you know, because... I saw that as a money-making sort of, you know, the people who, who organised it um, were making a lot of money, and uh, but Matthew enjoyed it, so you know, yeah, good, I, I good, mean, good luck to the lad. I think, I think you know, they, I don't think they were making that much money when you, you think about the fact that, um, you you know, a one-off cost it, it seems expensive. But, um, what was the cost? Sorry. So it's hundred and fifty pound entry fee. Yeah. But then it's six races. So if you broke that down in seven days, you know, it's yeah. actually it, sort of the fee you would pay for, you know, and for a race, you know, each individual race would be the breakdown of the fee. So, it, you yeah. know, in terms yeah, of it being well, you know, I mean, effect, cost effective, it, it it works out that way. But the atmosphere and, and, and the the event itself is 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 fantastic. But mm. but the thing was, that I came off such a high off the back of that. That mm. um, literally the, the day after it finished, I was sort of um, lost of what to do, and and because I'd, I'd I'd closed my track season off because I'd got tired from it, I was feeling a little burnt out, which is why I went and did the tour because I thought it'd change it up, it changed the dynamic of things, uh, it'd be a bit of fun, um, which it was, um, but it left me feeling very sort of deflated after the whole thing, and and and, and lost of what to do, um which then the following Sunday I found out um, I was actually running um, in two weeks time from there I was running in the England Champs 5000 metre uh, track championships um, so I had to quickly try and turn myself around both mentally and, and physically um, because I wasn't racing track at the time um, and to be fair I probably overdid it a little bit trying to get myself back um, going um, and I went to the England Champs uh, I finished last um, there was a couple of guys that dropped out, but but I was last in the results. Um, I nearly got lapped. Um, I, had to, I had to sort of sprint um, with uh, 500 meters to go to make sure I didn't get lapped. Mm. And that that really brought it home to me in a way that um, you know that field of guys there, the, the, you know some of the best guys in England, are who I want to be competing with, and I want to be able to compete against them, not uh, be lapped by them. Um, and that really then set me up well. Uh, going into the winter then um, and going towards the Manchester Half Marathon which I then had a, a great run at to run 65 minutes um, 
it's not going to be back minutes 30. Well, you finished um, in position... Uh, it was eight. Eight, was eight. yeah. Um, but that was that was a great run, you know, because um, I hadn't had the best build-up to it. It was little niggles and injuries um, in my training going up to it, but it, 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 was, it, was, a, it was a good... A good run in a time I was I was happy with, um, mm. so it was, you know, it really did fire me up and get me get me going back on that having that finish finishing last and, yeah, and yeah, getting lapped, yeah. you know, yeah, um, and it does it gives you that something between your teeth to sort of. So know, when we use the word bad, we shouldn't really be using that word bad race or bad. Actually, it's just another event, and you're gonna learn something yeah, and actually, something, to learn from, actually something really positive can come from yeah. making mistakes generally in life that's where you learn so. yeah and actually and I mean going back to the mid-Cheshire um, my, my positive when I reflected on it mm. you know obviously my asthma is in, in a bad state and things like that but the positive was that first mile or first half mile was spot on pace uh, well it was too fast but it showed that the leg speed was there um, obviously I'm marathon trained at the moment so 5k was a a considerable considerable drop down um but you know we we were running you know um at low 13 sort of 30 pace um which is far faster than i need to be able to run for the, the marathon and half marathon times i'm targeting um so to know that the leg speed was there which is something sometimes you you know it, it's nice to have in a marathon distance to know you've got some the speed to draw upon um it's then obviously relying on the stamina uh, work which you know, is where my, my miles and, and things like that come into into play and the, the training I'm doing there. So, um, I think it's, I think it's Charlie Spedding. He, you know, barring Mo Farah, the fastest Englishman, yeah, um, to run a marathon, and yet that time was thirty five years ago. But he didn't have um, fast speed. So he tells me, is that right? He didn't. He, d- he didn't. He, well, he, he didn't have fast speed, I suppose. Um, in relation to, to some of the other guys he was racing against and things like that but you know when you, you look at some of Charlie's PBs and stuff um, you know he was a, a low 13 minute 5k guy um, you know he, he, his session before his last session before the Olympic uh, marathon was I think five times 400 metres um, I can't remember the rest he had between them but he knocked them all out in 60 seconds mm. so you know it's not it's not quick if you were a 400 or 800 meter runner, but for a marathon runner, being able to knock out 60 second 400 meters, which is the equivalent of four minute mile pace, right. you know, if you put them yeah. all together, it's still, you know, shifting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I think what may, um, within a sort of a kick on the home straight, you know, that's where he, some people would have an edge. I think that's, that's yeah, yeah. And I this think is to do with fast twitch, fast twitch muscle fibers, and, and um, What's the other one? Slow, Slow twitch. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, do you believe in that? Is oh, that, yeah, is yeah. That scientific? It's scientific, yeah, Pro yeah. I, I remember um, yeah. there was, um, you know, who do you think you are on BBC? Before my time. Uh, I think it's still going. I think it's still <laughs> going. <laughs> but, um, it, you know, they, they sort of looked back into the ancestry of, like, you know, celebrities and things like that. And um, mm. there was a, they did one episode with Colin Jackson. Um, so the Colin um, Jackson, yeah, yeah. to former um, world record holder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So he, he was on it, and um, they were looking at sort of like the, the uh, they had a look at his muscle fibers and his genetic makeup and things like that to see whether you know that had played a part in him being um, you know as good a, a sprinter and athlete that he that he was. Mm. Um, how, how did they look at his fibers? So they, so they took a. a, a, a they, they took a couple of the fibers out um, 
Mm. Just got a dissection that's happened. Mm. Passed away, but I can't remember what the word is when you're still alive. He's still living, isn't he? Yeah, he's still living, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what's the... Um, Oh, they, they took... Uh, they took some muscle fibres anyway. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and they ran them uh, through yeah. the tests and stuff like how they reacted to, to, to oxygen and things. Um, and well, it showed that he had... he had. Um, what well, well, I'm saying is... Super fast twitch muscle fibres. Really? Yeah, well, I'm culture. saying, because of what Charlie was saying about... You know, like, the idea that just because you've got high cholesterol, it's just a number, uh, this idea that it's bad and it's in relation to heart disease... He, he is saying that actually that is a misconception. So you can you can pull apart data, and if you've got a confirmation bias, which he often talks about in, in the book, yeah. you can you can prove whatever you want to prove, whatever you've even if it's a subconscious idea with the fast twitch muscles. See, I doubt. I just doubt everything. I mean, just because a person has th- these particular fibers that result in a particular way to a certain experiment in an actual live performance. Um, you might be able to find something somewhere that gives you that speed now. Well, yeah, I mean, it comes down to, obviously, from a genetic standpoint, you could have more um, fast twitch fibres than slow. Or if you put two people together, one with fast twitch, one with slow twitch. Mm. So the, first, the, the genetically, um, the person with the more fast twitch is, is potentially going to be the faster person, but mm. then it's nurture on top of that. Yeah, okay, so yeah. depending on the training, everything like that, if the person with fast twitch fibers does no training, the person with slow twitch does, yeah. you know, when you put them into a you know, 100 meter race, the chances mm. are the person with the slow twitch will beat, you know, the overweight the person with fast twitch. But it's all, it's, it's utilizing, um, I suppose, what you're born with as a genetic sort of thing. Someone, you know, if you both of them trained equally, Genetically, the person with the fast twitch, the more fast twitch fibers, is, is is genetically um, got the advantage over the person with the, the who's more. He's only, he's only got he's only got the advantage over shorter distances. Is that right? Yeah, over the shortest. Yeah, yeah. As you move up to marathons and ultras and, then and stuff. The slow twitch would have. Yeah, would have the, He would have the advantage. He would have the advantage. Yeah, oh, but obviously it would depend on the training you put into place. If if the what if they only train as sprinters, then. You know, if they both train as sprinters, then the fast twitch is going to have that advantage. If they both train as marathon runners, the slow twitch yeah. is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What kind of twitch muscles do I have? I would say, <laughs> I would say, you know, you don't, I don't know. No, do I don't know. I don't. I don't. No, but you would running, take a guess. You, you should know. Go on. Well, I'd take a guess. It was more slow twitch than. All right, okay. You grouping right. wise, otherwise, you know. All right, okay. Um, slow twitch muscles, and yet I've got a good kick on me. In, oh yeah. In the finish. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're going to have so, some, fa- you're going to have some fast switch because everyone's going to be made up of a bit, a bit of both. It depends if you're more dominant on one than the other. I always feel like I can, like even in training sessions, I'm running with the guys, that last, I can always find another push. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And and that's, isn't that fast switch? That'd be fast switch, yeah. So you, you what's going on there then? Well, you're going to, like I say, you're going to have both in, in there. You're going to be made up of both. It just depends. Um, well, you've really dominant and things like that, but you've got to go, yeah, go, right. go to the labs and, and have the test done and find out. Edge Hill might be the place to do they that. Might do, yeah. yeah, there's plenty of good universities around us that, that I'm sure will do uh, sports science testing and things like that. Yeah, and they're not going to charge me an, an arm and a, 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 a muscle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're here devouring some lovely biscuits um, at the moment. But of course, um, I've got a high metabolism, and Matthew, he doesn't, so he can't have any. <laughs> <laughs> so understanding your own body is, is really important. Really important. 
Um, because once you you can understand what it is that you're made up of, perhaps you can you can make better decisions within your own training because yeah. we're all different. Well, well I, I remember um, I was on a run a couple of weeks ago now with with Richard Seville, who's one of our, our listeners. Uh, oh, um, I know Richard. We run with him on a Sunday. Lovely and, gentleman. Um, We'll pad him out on after. Um, Lovely, <laughs> um, he's to, he, he's told me not to mention him on the on the show. And um, hello, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Richard was on about he he went and had some uh, testing done, mm. um, okay. looking at his uh, I think it was his metabolism and things like that. Um, yeah, and he, I, I mean. Richard can, can correct us uh, next time we're out running with him after I'm sure listening to this when when I get this wrong. But I'm sure he will. Um, he found that he was doing I think he was doing shorter runs and it was affecting his metabolism. So for his Ironman stuff and he what what he was advised to do was make sure so he went on. out he fasted and went out on long when he was doing his longer runs fasted for them and that would help um, sort of increase or sort of uh, yeah increase his metabolism. Um, so that he would, um, you know. So you, you can you can change your own metabolism by the way in which you train and, and when you eat. And when you eat, yeah, yeah. Well, that was what when we were chatting with Charlie. Uh, I, I was I was on about the obviously m- me and Jade keep sort of starving ourselves to get mm. to race weights and things, and then obviously binging once the uh, the race is done, and, and obviously we've we've lowered our metabolism because of that. And obviously, yeah. What well, go on? Explain that, please, because I don't see any obviouses around here because I don't, you know, don't understand it thoroughly. Go on. Which bit? The the, uh, the <laughs> why we're starving ourselves or, or why we're lowering our metabolism? <laughs> well, yeah, everything. everything. No, uh, the metabolism part. Obviously, you said because you've starved yourself. Okay. I don't ever do that, you know. Yeah, maybe yeah, I should. Yeah. Maybe I should be starving myself. No, no, no. Because that, that's, um, that's the. <laughs> you starve yourself like one of these boxers, you know, before the weigh-in. Yeah, yeah. And to um, so try to drop that little what, bit of weight. What's happening to your body? I don't understand. So we're basically throwing our body into into a starvation mode. It's basically triggering. It, it's thinking there's not there's not enough food around. So you're going back to sort of the body adapts that cavemen. Mm. You think a caveman era yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. you know, sometimes they wouldn't get to eat and things, so the body would would retain what food you gave it and hold on to that and store it and things like that, so that you. you so you, what's going on in starvation mode then? That the body is. So it's lowering the metabolism down so that it holds on to the. Oh yeah, what, so it's, what food you take. And, the, and, and metabolism things. is the way in which uh, you consume. Uh, we you utilize turn the food, food, you utilize into, the into, food energy. into energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And different rates. So high metabolism. That means you. You. That means you can consume more and, and turn it qu- more quickly into energy yeah, yeah. more quickly so if you're if you're activate the, fa- the burning so, of the fat and things so like that and turn that into into, um, into glucose so you can use that so if you've energy. got a high metabolism like I imagine that I do so I'm, I'm consuming food and I'm I'm turning it to energy really quickly so I've got to eat more and more whereas someone with low metabolism is consuming food and he or she is not being able to turn it into much. It's being put into storage. Storage. It's being put into storage. So, oh, so yeah. as Charlie was saying, uh, mm. you know, you've got unlimited fat stores. So whatever you, you, you can only store so much uh, mm. glucose, and you, you you store it as glycogen. Um, but you can only store so much of that as glycogen. Um, yeah. Anything else after that gets stored as 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 fat um, in the body. So the body puts in fat, which is why people put weight on if they're eating too high, mm. um, you know, carbohydrate diets and things. So Charlie was sort of saying. So, uh, what me, what me and Jade d- 
do is obviously when we get into towards a race, we, we sort of starve ourselves a little bit. I don't say starve ourselves, but we, we reduce the amount of food we're eating considerably to try and drop some weight and get towards race weight. Mm. Um, Sounds like a ter- terrible idea. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I, probably like it. I mean, I, I, t- I took it from what my mum used to do, to be fair. She oh, used okay. to go to like a thousand calorie day diet to drop down. Um, to race weight sort of mm. thing but obviously by what, what we're doing there is starving ourselves our bodies then lowering the metabolism to maintain what food we are eating mm. um, and then and it, it, it has the effect of we, we do lose the weight we're ready we're at race weight by the time the and race do you run as, run as well well possibly sometimes maybe not yeah. but then what occurs then is after the race the motivation to eat that low amount of calories and that low amount of food is then gone because the race is, is yeah, done okay. and therefore we, we then end up binging on you know treats you know pizza afterwards or you know lots of chocolate things like that and then what we're doing is obviously our metabolism's lowered so instead of our body being able to burn through that and go through it at a normal rate what it's doing is just moving it all into storage and therefore any weight we've lost we suddenly straight away we've put it all back on again really quickly because our body is, is putting it into storage because it thinks we're, we're in a starvation mode and mm. obviously we're not because food is readily available to us it's just that we've been trying to hold off on eating it because we're trying to get ourselves down to this this race weight that we, we think right. of but when you think of high twitch uh, fast twitch and slow twitch muscles what's the ultimate type of engine that you're looking for is it uh, high metabolism or slow metabolism or because or, if you can affect it what are you looking for what's the, the ultimate Ferrari um, I think that's that's a question to ask um, our dietitian uh, uh, friend when yeah, she when yeah. she comes. I bet on. she'll laugh. <laughs> so what the heck are you two going on about? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Just have some porridge and shut up. Yeah. Um, that's the thing with uh, going back to Charlie again. You know that he's talking. Boris Johnson doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, well, there's no surprise there. Um, <laughs> 60% carbs is far too much. Since 1977, the Americans, the, the guy called Keyes, yeah. he did this research proving that uh, heart disease um, in certain countries, he took certain countries out of the graph. Um, we've already talked about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but um, the, the British followed suit in 1983 um, with this high-carb, eat-all-the-time sort of philosophy, you know, throughout the day. But we didn't evolve. Charlie's saying we didn't evolve. We, we evolved from eating more meats and sort of pro- high protein, is yeah, what he's yeah, saying. Yeah. Um, but what I would say to that, that's interesting, is it? we didn't evolve. But now, that's become a custom. So if we're to go back, again, have we not evolved now into eating Weetabix and grass-based? You know what I mean? Well, it takes... We, it takes thousands is that what it takes? thousands of years to it but for evolution and things like that to for, take place and adapt root, and yeah stuff okay there. really does it always, yeah, doesn't yeah. always take that long does it yeah, yeah yeah okay so we're eating Weetabix which is basically grass he tells me I did a grass seed I didn't know that he, yeah. he said that well, it's wheat isn't it it's, it's wheat it's wheat isn't it yeah yeah well it's supposed to be see I never trust these these particular products uh, when you look on the the ingredients you see all the e numbers emulsifiers they're a terrible thing apparently emulsifiers is that right yeah, yeah. Um, and they're in everything everything um, my word it's a minefield and we better leave this for the dietitian 
we're better. I think, yeah, I think we're getting far, far too uh, in depth for our uh, level we, of knowledge on this, this we, topic. We, to we clear, clearly don't know what we're talking about. I'm going to have another biscuit. <laughs> uh, we clearly don't know what we're talking about. Clearly. Clearly. So, what? anything else you want to uh, wrap up? or do you, sh- sh- uh, we, we got people contacting us from all over the world asking us questions and I've got a blank piece of paper in front of me here. <laughs> uh, going forward, you've got to look ahead. Races, oh, I'm so looking forward to Haydock Park. Wirral AC, the Wirral Athletic Club there, they've organised a relay and um, the coach is saying, we just got to take what comes our way now. We don't know, you know, races are very odd, you know. The wave system for me, it didn't work, you know, not for me, you know, they did work. That's the way they had to do it. The fact that they had a race, well done. But the whole thing was very odd. But, um, you got to get faster so you're in the first one, mate. I know, yeah, I've got to be in the first <laughs> wave with all the, all those asthma people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Doc Park, um, a week on Sunday. 20th, 20th. Yeah, we've we got a nice team there put together. Looking forward to it. Uh, and you've got your... I'm, I'm out to Ireland uh, a week on Friday. Um, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, got a little little house to myself. Holiday home. Mm. Turn, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was the cheapest place to, to book in the end. Um, yeah, so well... I've got, I've yeah. got that for a couple of days. And... Uh, yeah, it should be it should be a great race. Uh, the field is 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 fantastic. I, I'd have to say I think it's probably the women's race is, is a is a is a is a better quality field. Um, I think there's you know real real uh, quality in that women's field. I mean the men's is is a, is a great field as well. Um, I think it's quite a lot of people making their debut though and things. Obviously the addition of Mo Farah now makes it a, a very quick top end there. I know he's going for a a world record tomorrow night. Um, By the way, Mo the Farah, Mohammed Farah, Mo Farah, as they call him, he um, he's he's about thirty six, yeah, thirty six, and he was brought up in Somalia at the age of four, came over to this country at four. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Around there. Mm, Mo Farah, interesting character. Um, the Salazar thing, Salazar, he was a great runner, wasn't he, from yesteryear? Marathon he was, runner. he was, and he was coaching in Oregon. Yep. Which is, um, as you tell me, it's a state. Yeah. Which, yeah. Um, uh, under yeah, under a shadow. What what's happened with that particular case with Salazar? Uh, so he's he's currently banned. Um, I know it's still going through. Uh, I think they're still going through proceedings, and he's trying to overturn uh, the ban and things like that. But he's currently banned from coaching or from being at um, athletics events and things. Oh like my word! Yeah, um, it must be very serious to get banned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, well, it was very, there was various things. I think the ban itself was from um, seeing as um, uh, testing drugs um, on, not on any of his athletes, none of his athletes have been ever found um, to it, but he was testing on, um, I think, himself and um, oh, one like of a, the other coaches yeah. and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and what they were testing for, um, from all the documentation I know, is, is mm. um, what were the limits you could um, take of, of certain things um, before it, w- it would show up on a drugs test, which obviously does raise some questions there. And, and well, hang on, that's input what you just said, but just confirm they were taking substances before it would show up. What were the were these substances banned substances? No, so these are, these are no. these are technically legal. Sub- okay. Uh, well, okay. Uh, yeah, I think some of them were, were legal substances, 
um, but you can't have them over a certain amount. Okay, um, and they so were, they were, were taking, they trying to push that amount to a point where it was beyond the amount that they were allowed, or or you know it wouldn't show up on a on a test sort of thing. It was it mm. was, yeah. but would have enough. But would it have an effect? I mean, I mean. If the testing, I don't think you've, you've you've read Salazar's book. No, no, I think, no. Um, yeah, you know, if you, if you, I'll lend you it at some point. But it's mm. um, he was always very much uh, not not necessarily testing um, jokes or anything like that, but always testing new science and new principles and seeing how far he could push it. So to to that grey line, really, um, really, yeah. you know, of what yeah. was you know, I suppose more maybe not um, illegal, but it was very much a moral grey area of, of mm. you know should you really be doing that um, I know um, anti he, he for a bit um, took uh, antidepressants which weren't on the ban list in, in any way what, what was, he, um, was he depressed he, he was depressed but he was very he, and he was very uh, lethargic in his running and um, a doctor a friend of his suggested he try um, uh, this, this antidepressant drug um, and he, he, he took that and actually found it because technically it, was, it should have hindered his performance you so it's not so. on the banned list at all That's, so it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't banned so. but he found that actually it had a, a positive effect he found very uplifted from taking this and he actually found that, that for a couple of years he'd really struggled with his running he didn't have that bounce in his legs or anything and he found that taking that day, just, whether that was a placebo effect to it or it what it just got him out the know. door maybe but, yeah it got, got him, him sort of going again and he, yeah. he, he, he sort of felt really good and but um, and so he, he hang on he, a second let me just come it got him out the door. He was yeah. depressed. He wasn't running at all. Or he was still running, but he felt very lethargic in his running. He struggled. He wasn't at the level that he, he had been, um, and he found himself sort of sort of. So he's taking the depressions. It's not making him run more. He's just got more bounce. That's a bit weird. Isn't he it? just yeah, he just yeah. felt fresher and, and sort of more like him, him, his old self sort of thing mm. in that. Um, and so he, yeah, you know, you read his book, and he, he's always been very much a. Uh, pushing the, the, the boundaries of would you, I would you morally so would you see him as a, a character because I've not read his book I don't know little no. about him I, I've, Bill Rogers mentioned him and yeah, he's, yeah. he's positively mentioned him in because yeah. um, he came from that scene um, in Boston didn't he yeah yeah, yeah, yeah Boston, he came from yeah, that he scene trained, he, Bill, he was Squ- a young, he Bill was, Squires the, the coach yeah yeah, yeah. so Bill, Salazar Bill Squ- was a good bit younger than, than uh, Bill Rogers and mm. he he came as a, a quite a young, I think he was sort of sixteen or something. That when he first came and, and trained with with Bill Rogers mm. and stuff, and then he moved out to um, to Oregon um, and trained out in Oregon for a long time before he came back. And obviously he won he won Boston as well. Um, Salazar, what what's his uh, the, the marathon world record as well for a, for a period of time he had that the world record for the marathon his ethnic ethnicity um, um, his he, mother and father what was that na- na- the origin of that particular name uh, Cuba oh he's oh, got a little bit of Cuban in him mm. yeah his, his father word, was involved yeah. in the yeah. um, Bay of Pigs the Bay of Pigs yeah tell me more about the Bay of Pigs oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picking out information that I remember <laughs> from the biography yeah Mm. But it's a historical event, and, uh, and of course, with Salazar and uh, him being banned and being Mo Farah's coach, that he was at the time. He, so Mo, that, Mo had moved away actually that, uh, that's from a, him before he that's was banned. A, a bit of a an overshadowing element to Farah's career, isn't it? People have, have they yeah, there's, this, there's this, a lot of yeah. shown the spotlight on him. I recall uh, an interview where he, he goes in. I, I, I've not really. He's I, now he's now coached by um, Paula Radcliffe's husband. Oh right, okay, um, okay. Gary, um, yeah, 
Rick, yeah, it's it's um, well, time will tell. I mean, it all comes out in the wash. That's all all I can say on that, mate. It all comes out in the wash, and um, uh, in that Bill Rogers book, which I, I finished, um, Frank Shorter he wins the gold, doesn't he, in nineteen fifty two. Um, seventy two. Sorry, seventy two. That was in uh, Munich, Munich, yeah. Yeah. And in seventy six, Shorter finishes second. Yeah. To an East German, can you pronounce his name? No. <laughs> um, well, me, Millennium, so I don't know. Uh, but really interesting, or really sad actually, that these Germans at that period, it was documented 20 years later, or even, yeah, yeah, yeah. that quite clearly they were doping, weren't they? And, and yet, Shorter seemed to be, from Bill Rogers' account, robbed of a gold medal. And yet, it's still. It's still there. It's he's still not been, um, you know. Yeah. Um, seems sh- quite shocking. Very sad. I don't want to talk about drugs again in sport, but it's it's pathetic. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you've been listening to the mother of all sports shows, from Washington to Boston and beyond. We thank you for listening. Thank you.